It's a, a series called For the Good of the Force, and it's a global news investigation that uh, looks into what I think certainly looks like a, a toxic culture of the RCMP and uh, what can only be seen as an astronomical amount of cash that Canadians have been you know, forced to, to fork over uh, to deal with the fallout of all their mismanagement. And if you look back over the last two decades, more than $220 million has been sent dealing just with things like lawsuits over sexual harassment or human rights complaints, uh, you know, bullying, turf wars with other police agencies. You know, the, the dysfunction of the force has been known for a long time. And, and yes, they even apologized for it back in 2016. But there's no real, you know, walk to meet the talk. And it's costing an awful lot of money. To fix a problem that's not actually being fixed. Let's bring the reporter in who had looked into this series and did all the digging. Uh, Jane Gerster is a Global News National Online Journalist. She joins us now. Jane, this is not an easy series to do, so good for you, uh, you know, taking the uh, the job of doing the digging. Because this is a, a systematic um, and, and long road, I think, of, of failure, what you have managed to dig up here. It's certainly a long road, <laughs> yes. Talk about, you know, this was current past members. You talked to psychologists. You talked to, to a number of people to, to find out this information. But why is nothing getting solved within the RCMP? I think that really depends on who you ask, which is a big part of why I wanted to talk to as many people as I can, because it's really easy, and this is something that gets explored in the piece that's going out Thursday morning. It's very easy to kind of dismiss things as one-offs and really fall back on this sense that the RCMP is a symbol of national identity. And so that's really why I kind of wanted to get as many people as I can you know, to really make people see this isn't just one person, it isn't just two people, it's, you know, it's dozens of people across the country in varying, you know, career paths saying we have a problem. Yeah, I mean, the face of your story are men, are women, are, are, are present cops, past cops. Um, there are 30,000 members within the RCMP, but the headlines, um, you know, the negative headlines, whether it's harassment, bullying, these things have never gone away. Uh, but I think it's troubling that nothing actually gets fixed. So decades later, we're still dealing with the same issues and money seems to be the only answer. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't have a better answer than that. That's the frustrating part is that, you know, we, we have these commissions and we have these inquiries and we, we have these sexual harassment payoffs and human rights complaints payoffs, but we don't seem to be really making that much progress. Um, so that that's kind of the that's kind of the hard part is even, even now, this is a deep dive, but it's not presenting necessarily the the golden solution. No, it's not. But the fact that, um, you know, this particular series would be very difficult because you're dealing with a number of, of agencies and a number of um, agencies that would want to keep their private affairs just that, private. How difficult has it been for you to be able to get through the levels, kind of of the sludge is what I like to call it, to, to find out the answers? Sometimes it's been difficult and sometimes it's just been tedious. Um, so the tedious side is just combing through uh, 18 years of Public Accounts of Canada documents and just kind of, you know, pulling out everything under the RCMP that says human rights payout, settlement, you know, settlement of claim with an employee, you know, lawsuit, just pulling those out one by one, um, which has been really illuminating on one level because, I mean, there's a two and a half million payout for, um, for failing to protect informants. So it was very interesting 
interesting. Um, so that was more tedious than difficult, um, but I would say that getting some of these numbers from agencies and institutions proved really cumbersome. Yeah. I mean, I started collecting them at the beginning of, oh, the end of November, and even now I'm missing two numbers from the RCMP that they just kept saying, next week, next week, next week, and here we are, and I don't have them. So this is conservative estimate. Right. And and do you get the sense that they're trying to block this? I mean, one of the big issues in Ottawa has always been about transparency. And we've always had governments coming in and going out saying, yeah, we're promised. We're going to give you the transparency that you want. Um, and this is an agency of the government. Do you get the sense that they're trying to stonewall you? I can't say that. I mean, realistically, there's only, I can't remember the exact year, but there's only a certain number of years that they have to keep financial records like that, and only a certain number of cases actually get put into public accounts of Canada. So it's hard for me to say, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. I do know that some some agencies that were able to give me the numbers, you know, had to go in and try to calculate, like, how many employees working at, like, how many full-time or half-time rates and, you know, how many lawyers' hours. So it was for some agencies a lot of work to put it together and I really appreciated that so I'm not sure. Those who get into policing work uh, go into this with a great deal of pride you know it's that putting on the, the uniform so they don't take this lightly. Um, what was your big takeaway from those who you spoke with about you know the problems and the fact that a lot of them are coming forward likely because they want to save uh, you know the profession they love? That they're devastated and they're disappointed and they're still really hopeful that this force that they love and that they feel represents Canada can be fixed. Um, one of, you know, there's many more people I talked to who didn't make it into this piece, and some of it was because they still work for the force right. or they're still tied to the force in some way and they're just worried about the repercussions. And so I think the overarching kind of idea from those people is that they are struggling under the weight of the harassment and the bullying and the sexual harassment that they've experienced in the force, but they are trying to find a way to push through that to force positive change because they still really believe in the idea of the red surge. Right. And so how is the public then supposed to have confidence uh, in the one area of the system where these are the people who are supposed to lead by example? I don't know. I, that's a hard. That's a hard question for me to answer. I will leave it to the the experts who kind of specialize in this. Although I did speak to one criminologist and who just is completely doesn't believe that public outrage will be the thing that that fixes this. So, you know, Oops. nobody. Nobody has a clear sense. Yeah, well, clearly, if it's been going on for this long, um, you know, you'd like to think that putting a, a glaring spotlight on it will be the catalyst of change, but we will stay tuned. Jane, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That is uh, Jane Gerster of Global News with this uh, particular series. For the good of the force. Interesting look. Not an easy one to do, by the way. Not an easy one to do when you go up against these big government agencies. Here on Point on Global News Radio.